Amen. I don't know if you heard that, and if you didn't receive it, receive it, because that was the word of the Lord. Pastor Nick, what you had said, God's word says, abide in me and I will abide in you. What was he trying to show the children of Israel in the desert? Come up here, come into my presence. I want to be with you, and I want you to be with me. So that was right on. So if you didn't already, just go ahead and say, God, I received that for myself. I want to hear from you today. Amen. Okay, we are going to jump right in. So go ahead and grab your notebooks. If you're taking notes on your phones, get that ready. There's paper in front of you in the pew. There's usually a pen there too. But if you are ready to receive, get your notes out. We are going to start with two verses. I'll give those to you in a second. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. Okay, verse number one is going to be from Proverbs 29, 18. Write that down. Proverbs 29, 18. And the second verse is going to be, I'll go through, the, through those again, is 2 Corinthians 3.18. So Proverbs 29.18 and 2 Corinthians 3.18. All right. We got it? Awesome. Let's go. Okay. Every one of us should have a vision for our future. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Or other translations say they wander. Every one of us should have a vision for where you're headed in the kingdom right now. The second thing is every one of us should be growing. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. Okay, so I have a question for you. In life right now, do you think that this is it? Or do you believe that God has more for your life? Yes. Do you believe that he has more? Yes. Okay. What is that more? Like I said, the word says everyone should have vision for their life, where they're headed. Think about it right now. Where are you headed in the kingdom? Do you have a clear picture of where God's taking you in life? Or do you relate more with the wandering, the day in, day out, the mundane, the not getting anywhere fast? Ask yourself those questions. God's word says you need vision for where you're headed. And in the process, you need to be growing. So those are two things you should ask yourself. Do I have it? And am I growing? Vision comes from God. And you can write this down. Deuteronomy 31.8 says this. It is the Lord who goes before you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In that passage it says, He will make straight your path. And then in Luke, I know I'm going through these fast, but it's recorded. So if you need them, go back and get them. Because I'm going to keep going. Deal? Yeah. Deal? You guys excited this morning? Yeah. God's doing some amazing things in this church. Come on, Jake, get with it. Okay, Luke 12, 32 says this. It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So God's already gone before you. He directs your path. And we're talking about walking in the kingdom this morning. He's with you. He goes before you. He directs your path. And it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Can everybody say give? Give. Give. Not hide. Not hide. Not hide. Not hide. It's good pleasure to give it to you. 
It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The children of Israel got to the base of the mountain. They saw the presence of God. They saw Moses speaking with God. They saw Moses come down, covered in the glory of God, and they freaked out and they rejected it. Are we going to do that? No, we're not. We're going in. That's where we've been. That's where we were in worship is God's presence. In God's presence, he says, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I've already gone ahead of you. And I'm going to go with you, our vision for our life, what we were made to do in the kingdom of God, it comes from him. It comes from his presence. Write that down. My vision comes from God. It comes from his presence. Okay. If it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, which it is, it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, that means the part we have to grow and learn is the receiving. It's his good pleasure to give it, but we have to learn how to receive it. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, we're going to do it. Okay, so you guys are familiar with the story of the prodigal son. We've all heard this. Jake, are you, are you stepping out of... We're not going there yet. What are you doing? Put that on pause. We'll get there. Matthew... <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited. Matthew 7, 6 is the story of the pearls and the swine. We're familiar with this story in the context of we're the one giving the pearls and people not receiving them, so we move on. That's usually the context when you tell this story that people picture themselves as the pearl givers. How lovely. Okay, this story is teaching about acceptance and rejection. We're talking about, it's God's good pleasure, stick with me, it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to show us and give us vision for our life. It comes in his presence with him. We have to learn how to receive it. In this story of the pearls and the swine, it's a story of accepting or rejecting. Watch what happens when it's rejected. The Bible says, in that story, it says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before swine. It's prophetic. The portion about giving the dogs what is holy, in some translations, it refers to earrings, beautiful ears. Ears to hear God. Pearls before swine. Wisdom. Ears to hear the wisdom that comes from God. So what happens is, is when we get in God's presence, and we're looking for vision, we're looking for direction. God, where am I going in life? And God gives you something. Don't trample it. When I reject what God is saying, when I reject the word that God's bringing, what happens is, is it delays everything for me. It kicks me back. Look at the story of the prodigal son. Now we're here. Uh, look at the story of the prodigal son. He was already in line for the inheritance. He was in his father's house receiving from his father. But he didn't want it in his father's timing. He wanted it in his timing, his way. Took it now, went, and took his life in a different direction. And he had to come to a place, eating with pigs, recognizing the slop tastes like slop. And it says he came to his senses. My servants are fed better in my father's house. Get this. So he left the life of a pig and started receiving the pearls again. He started hearing and receiving from the Father. Do you see that? When you're in God's presence asking, it's his good pleasure to give. So in his giving, you need to receive it. Because when you reject it, and when you do, this is, this is very unholy. You see this? 
does this, does, is this receiving or is this like attitude like, I don't want to do that. You could say that's attitude. That's what that is. Don't do that in God's presence. He's giving you something. And I'll tell you this. Don't get ahead of yourself, Jake. I won't. Okay. He's giving you something and it's, you, it's up to us to receive it. God isn't hiding anything from you. But what he gives you, you have to receive it. Okay? Okay. Okay, so. Don't reject it. That just kick, kicks things back. It delays it. Look at the prodigal son. What a big waste of time. Don't do that. When God brings a word, we, got, we receive it. Okay. I want to talk about, let's keep going. Are you guys tracking with me? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. We're asking God for direction for our life. But here's the thing. When God speaks, a lot of times, we have an idea of what it's supposed to sound like. And we have an idea of where our focus is, God's focus should be. And we have it all figured out. And that will cause you to reject the word when God brings it because it doesn't line up with your plans. But let me ask you this. Who's Lord of your life? You or God? Who's Lord of your life? You or God? God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But here's the cool part. He still shares them with us. And that process, it's like we go, I didn't think of that. That wasn't what I was thinking. And that's when you get into arguing, and that's what leads to rejecting. We don't want to do that. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let's look at the story of Gideon. God finds Gideon in a wine press threshing wheat. Is this going to scream if I cross over here? It's not. Good. Uh, It wouldn't have mattered. I'd have kept going. God finds Gideon, track with me, in a wine press threshing wheat. He's separating the grain from the stalks. And the messenger of the Lord shows up, and we know the story, mighty man of valor. Gideon, in hearing this, goes back and forth and back and forth with God. We know this story. He goes back and forth with God, but he takes steps of faith. He believes it's the word of the Lord, but we see him taking these little steps of faith. What do you say, faith? He's taking little steps of faith, and eventually he gets to this point in the enemy camp, and he hears this weird dream. Do you guys know the dream? Shake head just for a minute. He basically, God says, God takes him into the enemy camp, and he hears two soldiers, and one goes, hey, I had this dream. I saw a loaf of bread rolling down a hill, smacks into the tent, the tent flips over. Isn't that crazy? And the other guy interprets it and goes, oh my gosh, it's none other than Gideon. And that means God's given Gideon the sword, and he's going to deliver us into Gideon's hands, and we're going to lose. That's the dream. And Gideon rejoices. He praises the Lord. He's a changed changed man. I want to point something out. When God found Gideon, Gideon was hiding. And in that conversation with God, you actually hear Gideon talk about where he thinks his life is headed. But when the word of the Lord shows up, this is interesting. I'm I'm going to say it this way. The word of the Lord shows up. There's grain everywhere. And the word of the Lord is, I'm here for a loaf of bread. 
and the man pops up and goes, we don't do that here. We don't have that here. This is the bottom rung of the process. If you want bread, you got to go someplace else. God showed up calling out the end result. Gideon, he showed up to Gideon, and the vision he gave Gideon for his life, God saw it differently. He saw the bread. He saw the end result, and he goes, I'm looking for bread. Gideon couldn't see it, though, but he believed, and so he took steps of faith. Say this with me. He took steps of faith, and it got clearer and clearer. Watch what happens. When Gideon goes into the enemy camp and overhears the dream, something happens. He finally sees himself the way God thinks of him. That was the night that Gideon won the battle. Against fear, against doubt, against his his own lack of self-worth, he finally saw how God had been thinking about him the whole time. God showed up and called out the end product. Mighty man of valor. I'll say it this way. God shows up and goes, this is where you're going in life. This is my vision for your future. And Gideon couldn't see it at that point. It was blurry. But as he took, say, steps of faith, as he's walking in faith, being obedient to what the Word of God says, it gets clearer and clearer and clearer. And God goes, man, this boy's not getting it yet. Put him in the enemy camp. Let him overhear this dream. And as Gideon overhears it, he finally sees it clear. This is what I'm born to do. He could not see it up until that point. Why do we say this? He didn't bust out his handy-dandy fleece. And put it on the ground and say, if that dream was from you, make the ground wet and the fleece dry. That fleece was his doubt. That fleece was his fear. What did he do? After he saw it clearly and took off on a dead run, he worshipped God. That's the first time he did that because he finally got it. Can I tell you this? Had he gone out the next day alone, he would have defeated the army. Gideon, seeing clearly what God had had for him, he changed the confidence, the boldness, the anointing, the trust, the fearlessness. It came when he saw himself the way God thought of him. I don't know if you remember this, but in verse 16, when God first shows up to Gideon in the wine press, he says, and you'll defeat the Midianites as one man. Everybody say, one man. He said, you'll defeat him as one man, Gideon. Write this down. When God shows up, and he will, and he gives you vision for your future, it is going to require you to stretch your faith. If you can do it apart from faith, it isn't God. He shows up to Gideon and goes, you'll defeat him as one man. God did not need the 300 soldiers. Gideon did. God did not need the staff or Aaron. Moses did. God shows up to Moses and he goes, you speak to Pharaoh, you speak to the people, you speak to the rock, Moses. He's stretching Moses' faith. He's stretching Gideon's faith. This story, very inspiring for faith. And one reason I just shared with you, but the other is this. When did Gideon see it clear? Oh, I love this part. 
was so good. Because it didn't come bundled in with the victory at the end. He's in the middle of the enemy camp. I'll say it this way. He's standing in the middle of a very real problem for which he is not equipped apart from God. Nothing has changed. And then the word of the Lord comes. Gideon can finally see himself the way God sees him. When you are walking by faith and living by faith, I'm seeking God in his word daily. I'm in his presence and he's giving me direction. And as I'm taking what seems like these little steps of faith, your vision's getting clearer and clearer and clearer. And it's going to stretch your faith and stretch your faith. But there comes a point where you have to go from believing the word of God to knowing the word of God. Gideon believed God was going to do what he said he was going to do. That's why he obeyed him. Gideon believed, okay, I got a couple, you know, I've got 50,000 men, 20,000. He believed God had something there. He could see it with the men there. He could see it with the army there. But he couldn't see it clear enough yet. He believed God, but God had to bring him to a place, just like he will bring you to a place, where it has to go from just believing the word of God to knowing it. Gideon could have walked out by himself because it said, at the blast of the ram's horn, they fled. It doesn't say at the numbers they collided with. At the blast of the ram's horn, they fled. The enemy turned on itself. This is why I love this. God said to Gideon, you can defeat him as one man. I have vision for your life. It's going to stretch your faith like it's never stretched it before. But you got to believe in me and trust that I can take you to a place where you'll go from believing the word to knowing the word. And Gideon got there. And after that, it didn't matter. He just went for it. What does the scripture say? We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb. Everybody say blood of the lamb. And what's the other thing? Louder. What's the other thing? You get a testimony by standing in faith until you go from believing to knowing. The devil hates that. So every time you bust out your faith, he is going to do everything he can to delay it. He's going to do everything he can to discourage it. Because the moment you get a testimony under your belt, your life will never be the same. The moment you start heading in the direction that God has for your life, he knows your life's never going to be the same, and he can't stop you. So when it comes to living by faith, you've got to stick with it. Oh, this is good teaching, even for me. You guys, this is third service. I've been preaching this to myself all week, and I am loving it still. Uh, here we go. So much so that I'm locked out of my own bed. Okay, here we go. God says, where do I want to pull that from? In God's word, he says, you know this verse, ask and you will see, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives, everyone who seeks, and everyone who knocks, the... It's so simple. Don't overcomplicate it. It's so simple. You don't stop until you get it. Ask and you will seek. The promise is, if you seek it, you'll find it. If you knock, the door will open. Seek and you'll find. That's the promise. And we're learning how to pull those promises into our life. And how do we pull them into our life? By faith. We see them in the word by faith. We pull them into our life by faith. And we don't stop until we get it. Because the promise is, you seek me, you'll find me. You knock, that door will open. 
You ask and you will receive. It's simple. You don't stop until you get it. God had to take Gideon from a place of doubt, a place of fear, a place he was blind. And God had to bring him through steps of faith, just like he does us, to a place where we can see clear. And once you see it, there's no stopping you. Because you went from just believing to now you know. And that is powerful. Okay. And Pastor Nick, you were right on. Everything you prophesied in worship. Do you guys see that? I didn't talk with Nick and tell him what I was going to be preaching on, but listen back through every word he gave in worship. It's the same spirit. Pre-service prayer. It's the same spirit. What is God saying? Doors open. Come into me. Come into my presence. I want to give you vision for your life. I want to grow you along the way. If you receive that, say, I receive that for myself. And I'm going to walk in it. Okay, can I share a testimony with you guys? Yeah? Okay. I would anyway, but I'd ask. Okay, here's the testimony. 2017, I'm spending time with God. And at this point in my life, I have a vision for my life. And it's not a bad vision. It's just not God's. I'll say that again. It's not a bad vision. It's just not God's vision. In 2017, God wakes me in the night, and I have a personal encounter with God. Wakes me up in the night, tells me I need to be diligent with the next three years of my life. And I see this picture of a kid standing in an empty room, and there's a TV. Yeah, it's strange, but okay, I believe this is you, God. So for the next three years of my life, that's what I did. I was diligent. Rewinding. So God gave me that. I had that encounter with God that really changed where I was headed in life. A month later, I'm in my time with God. I'm just in his presence reading his word. And God begins to speak to me. And he says, Jake, you've got heart issues. I'm working on the desires of your heart right now. And I took these two things. And by faith, I received them. Okay, you're working on the desires of my heart. So for the next three years, anything that was a desire... I just quickly gave it to God. And it came to a point where God found the thing hiding in the wine press, my job, what I do for a living. I love what I do for a living. I'm a designer. I love to create. And as soon as God put his hand on that, part of me resisted. And I said, oh, my gosh, Lord, you don't want everything but one thing. You want everything. It's an all-in deal. I could take you to the house I was in, the room I was in in that house, when all by myself I made the choice, okay, God, I'm going to give you my job, and if I don't get it back, I trust you. And that was my vision for my future. That's where, that's where I was headed. I was going to retire from that. But it was so real and genuine, and I knew God wanted it, and I gave it. See, I didn't have a bad vision for my life. I just didn't have God's yet. But I got it. And over the next three years, any desire, God, it's yours, God, it's yours, God, it's yours. I want your plans for my life. Three years, ding, three years is up. I'm coming here to preach for the very first time. We meet for prayer. I'm super nervous. Uh, I walk into the sanctuary. This is 2020. I walk into the sanctuary. I come right up the middle. The last of the worship team's left. And I come up here. And I turn to sit down, 
and there is a massive TV sitting right there on this pew. And I look at that thing, and I, I laugh. I think Bubby had just left the room, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my. I sat last. I said, oh, my gosh. I pulled out my phone, and I took a picture. I made it. I got there. That meant nothing to anyone else. But to me, in that moment, it was everything. Get this. I finally saw clearer where God was taking me. I said, the most confidence I've ever had when I preached. It was the first time. And at that point, I said, it doesn't matter. Three years ago, start, God started getting my heart ready for this, which means three years of work, I'm good to go. And I told God, I said, I would have never picked this for my life, but this is so life-giving to me. I love it. I started seeing clear. The next week, we were out in the tents. And then after that, when we came back for our first service, there was no TV here. I was preaching the last Sunday. That thing was sitting in the front row. And it was for me. I'll say that. It was for me because it confirmed everything. And I went to believing that God had a plan for my life to knowing he had a plan for my life. So every time I step into that, it is with great confidence and assurance that I'm where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the spirit of prophecy. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. God has a vision for your life. There is more. God said, Gideon, you can do it as one man. So I'll say this. Carrie, you can do it as one person. Bill, you can do it as one person. Aubrey, you can do it as one person. I can go down the list. You can do it as one person. When it's with God. It says the Midianites, you couldn't count them. They were like grains of the sand. Say this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. (laughs) Because with God, all things are possible. Do you see that a little clearer now? So doubt, get that out of here. Fear, get that out of here. Anytime that word comes up about qualifications you have, just get that out of here. And do the other thing, which is really hard to do. Take your plans for the future and give them away to God. It was hard to do <laughs> the next couple. I'll be honest, for the next couple weeks after I did that brave heroic act, I was like, shoot, where's he going to put me? <laughs> I'll be honest, because there's that, because it was real, I gave it away. And then if it didn't come back, I had to be okay with that, and I was. And what I got in return was incredible. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I love it. It was better than I thought. And praise God, that wasn't the last time God's done that to me. Nope, 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 nope. Praise God, it won't be the last. And I'll continue to grow, shoot a little straighter, hit the mark a little quicker, and go after greater things in my life. And I'm saying, so can you. So can you. Testimonies I shared with you guys last time I was up here, a lot of that, the majority of it, I did it before I was even a pastor. (laughs) My lunch breaks. God can use anyone, but you got to stop believing lies. Start letting go of fears. Start getting into God's presence, expecting that he's going to give you vision. And what it looks like, you got to receive it. Man, this wasn't what I had planned, God. But you've got to take steps of faith. Everybody in the room has to as well. There's no cutting corners. There's no quick way to it. It's all by faith. Let me say, by faith. When you're walking in the kingdom... Between, between believing it and knowing it, it's a walk of faith. You know how many years I was sitting there going, what on earth are you doing, Lord? But I got there, and I got it, and God's still doing it, and I'm going higher with it.
Everybody stand with me. Nick, would you mind coming back up here for worship? So you're going to spend time with God. God said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That means where the word is preached in truth and love, your faith will stir up. And God says the just shall live by that faith. Whether it's in worship now or throughout the rest of the week, start asking God, what is your vision for my life? Start writing it down and believing this is where you're taking me. This is where I'm going. Everybody needs help. If you get to a place where you're like, I don't know if this is God or not, or that's what that's what the church is here for, is to equip, build up, and send out saints. But right now the onus is on you. What are you gonna do with that? Do you receive it? See, I receive that for myself. And now when God shows you, you go after it. Pastor Nick. Amen. Good word. Good word, Pastor Jake.